0: With great joy I speak to you in the name of the risen Christ, the good shepherd of the sheep. Amen. Please be seated. Wonderful to be with you this morning, to be able to reflect on this gospel. One of the things that I was thinking about this week in reflection on the gospels is one of the marvels, one of the mysteries of the ways that the New Testament is put together is that somewhere along the line, folks decided that one gospel was not enough, that we needed four gospels to tell the story of Jesus, to really portray this kind of mosaic of the amazing grace of Jesus' story. And each of the gospels is a little different. As you might imagine, if each one of us wrote a gospel, we'd emphasize different things. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, sometimes called synoptics because they can be seen together, synoptic. Follow the same line basically, although they each have particular things they stress. Gospel of John's really different in many ways, and we're grateful for it. We heard from it this morning. Number of the things uh, are a number of things are different, but one in particular I wanted to focus on. As Jesus, when he's teaching, when he's talking with people, and he has these long conversations with people again and again. He says, begins a sentence with, I am. Uh, If you were here with us on Easter, you joined in the great and glorious celebration and singing that hymn with arms lifted up, which said, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection. And that's just the beginning because Jesus says, I'm the vine, I'm the one who gives nourishment. I'm the door, I'm the one who helps you move forward. I am the light in a world where we all stumble, stumble around often in darkness. And today, a couple times in this reading from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, which we always read on this fourth Sunday, Jesus says a, a couple times, I am the good shepherd. And so that's the reflection, you're gonna hear it in music in word uh, throughout this service. Uh, so the opportunity is given to us to think about what the good shepherd means. Before we get there, I just want to say a word about those two words, I am. Perhaps it's a way of Jesus just trying to convey his self-awareness. Perhaps it's a, a, a way of, of, of providing for folks a, a sense of the mystery with all these different images of who Jesus is. But at different times in the gospel, we read that when Jesus says, I am something, people go ballistic. People go nuts. One time, Jesus says, uh, before Abraham was, I am. And people want to pick up rocks and stone him. And the deal is, it was not lost on his audience that Jesus says, I am, and he's suggesting the great I am. That God present with us is all these things. So we celebrate this morning this audacious idea that the Good Shepherd is God among us. Jesus heard echoes of the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures in talking about Good Shepherd. You're gonna hear Psalm 23 a number of times this morning, maybe one of the most familiar Psalms. Handel picked up uh, a word from Isaiah that said, all we like sheep have gone astray, so welcome to this gathering all you sheep. Um, prophets speak about good shepherds and lousy shepherds who draw people away from the love of God. And maybe when Jesus offers this speech about the good shepherd, he's also thinking of other parts of the New Testament. So when he says, my sheep hear my voice, I can't help but think of that amazing parable of the shepherd who goes looking for one lost sheep. Here's the deal. He's got a hundred sheep, Counts 99 at the end of the day, missing one, knows that one, goes off to the mountain, leaves the other behind, which is sort of a crazy thing to do, and comes back with that sheep on his uh, shoulders rejoicing. A vision of Jesus, the good shepherd, knowing us each by name. Uh, Jesus uh, speaks in this passage about being willing to lay down his life for the sheep. And it suggests what we hear in other gospels of Jesus' compassion. Whenever Jesus does that amazing miracle, the catering miracle, feeding 5,000 people out of that bag lunch, it's it's preceded by this. It says, "Jesus, Jesus looked out on the crowd and they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way but there are a lot of times that I feel harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and Jesus fed them. Jesus the good shepherd. And we come to that promise, that ominous promise that Jesus lays down his life for the sheep, which signals to us that however beautiful the image of uh, the good shepherd is, this is not ancient Near Eastern uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, Jesus the good shepherd meets the suffering of the world, meets the pain of the world. It's a story filled with thieves and wolves. And I don't know uh, what, those, what Jesus exactly had in mind of thieves and wolves, but we know those forces in our world that would take away life and that would divide us. And Jesus speaks of hired hands who don't really care that much for the sheep. And maybe he's building on what happened just in the chapter before in John 9 where there's a blind man that Jesus heals, been blind his whole life. And the religious people of the day, dare I say, the Episcopal clergy of the day, say, well, you did this on the Sabbath, you're really not supposed to do that without any kind of sense of the deep and powerful relief that Jesus had brought to that man. Hired hands who kind of miss the point of being the good shepherd of the sheep. So here's what I'd like to ask you to think about today. A Couple questions. Who are the shepherds in your life? What are the guiding principles, the guiding people that lead you in your life? I have a friend, a mentor, he said he never met a motive that wasn't mixed. <laughs> and I think if, I, if you're like me, you've got a lot of shepherds pulling you in a lot of different directions. Which one do you listen to? Which one is helping you to discover the abundant life that Jesus promises earlier in this chapter? So that just think about who the shepherds are in your own journey of faith. Second, are the shepherds you identify in your own spiritual journey, are they good shepherds or not so much? are they bringing you life? Are they they life-giving? Or are they drawing you away from the love of God? Are they drawing away from the fullness that God intends for you? Are they drawing you away from that thing that God has in store for you? And if you decide, this is the third question, if you decide that the good shepherd is Jesus, the one you want to follow, if that's true in your life, even with just a mustard seed of understanding of what that might mean, if that's true in your life, how will you this week let that shape your life? How does the message of a good shepherd change you, guide you, nurture you, help you, support you, correct you? I was reading this week that Karl Barth, great theologian, I never had an unexpressed thought, but that's another topic. Um, a great theologian, Swiss in the, in the middle in the 1930s and took part in opposition, the church's opposition to the Third Reich. I read this week he said that he did that because the Lord is his shepherd. The Lord called him to do that. I'm told that one of Ava's favorite verses it's okay to do, okay? What is in the reading from 1 John says basically that unless if, if we're not paying attention to the needs around us, how can we speak of God's love being with us? How can we say we're following the Good Shepherd? So take this day, every year we talk about the Good Shepherd. We talk as in verse 10 of this chapter about the abundant life he promises to each one of us. Take this to think about the shepherds you follow and how it is you more deeply, more closely can follow the one who is the great shepherd of the sheep. Amen.